This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Family of God, we are family. Sit down, take your seats, wonderful, wonderful family of God. I I am thrilled to be here. People always say that, but I really mean it. I'm home. CFC is my home. Thank you for that. I'm glad Jesus loves me. All right. God is good, and the devil can just go to hell. And he will. COVID is coming to an end. I promise you, it is. The Lord is going to do, this is a new day. God's going to do a new thing, and good things are coming. The Lord is able and good and kind. I'd like to invite you to join us on Fridays at 5 o'clock in the afternoon for five minutes on our Facebook. We pray live for COVID and all the patients and all the people that have been suffered and come against that bad spirit. Join us, please. You're very welcome to. All right. Turn your Bibles to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 6. Richters, hoofdstuk 6 and verse 1. Can I daar beginnen? Vanavond is nou wel een Afrikaanse aand. Oder wie kan ook Deutsch reden, wenn dem Deutsch wollte Deutsch reden en ook Predigt kan ook dat maken. Gibt daar iemand Deutsch? Könnt ihr heute haben? Gibt daar iemand da? Du, du, du redest so ein klein bisschen. Aber ich brauche eine, die wirklich Deutsch könnte. Jawohl, keine. All right, so we'll go back to English the way God wants me to. Well, verse 1 says this, and I know you all know the story, so don't switch off. Listen. You might be interested in what I'm saying. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years the Lord God gave them into the hands of the Midianites. The Midianites come from the south of that area, right towards the Dread Sea. They were a very big crowd, and they still have a lot of the the remains and ruins of their homes built into the rocks. Whenever the because the power of the Midian was in verse two was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountains and clefts, caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites. And the Malachites and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them for all their camels. Vast amount of people coming to annihilate the Israelites' land and their prosperity. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. It's always amazing to me when it comes to money or being impoverished, how quick people will cry. In my years of walking with the Lord, I've noticed repeatedly when we go through a crisis, people pray when they go through a marriage crisis or a health crisis, or any kind of crisis, but when money is not there, they really pray. It's amazing how motivated we are when it comes to money. And they were impoverished, and they cried out to the Lord. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, Midian, he sent them a prophet who was said, this is what the Lord says, 
I brought you out of Egypt, out of the hand of slavery. Verse 9 says, I rescued you from the, from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave their land to you. I said to you, I am the Lord your God, do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me, didn't obey me. So that's what's why they were going through this crisis for seven years, because they began to worship idols. Now we switch scenes. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. So when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of the Midian's hand. And I, am I not sending you? It was quite striking to me when I read this. Go in the strength you have. Go in the, what, what are you talking about? Go in the strength you have. What strength could that be? After what he just said. Pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? If you worshiping other gods, your hope and your confidence is not in the one true and living God, and you would not be frustrated if God wasn't rescuing you. You, do, you would just be looking for another source. And for a long time, I pondered and sought the Lord and prayed and meditated, and it seems to me that the strength of this young man called Gideon was the fact that he still believed God, that he was not compromised with other idols. You'll see the bit as I carry on reading that his father had erected an altar to Baal and a whole Asaph pole to celebrate different gods. His dad, who was more mature, more experienced, more knowledgeable in the things of God, he was corrupted by other things. Whereas this young boy was completely confident in God but bewildered. That's why he was questioning if God is really with us, then why is this happening? My, listen to me, expectancy then is for God to rescue us. We get frustrated when God doesn't intervene quick enough or in the way we want, but the truth is that we expect God to help us because we believe and trust in Him. Am I right? Thank you for your excitement. Pardon me, oh Lord, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. When you say least, he's the, he's the baby, he's the youngest. It's not that he's of no importance, he's just a child. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. You're going to do all in one shot. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that is really you talking to me. Have you ever done that before in your life? God is not stressed by you looking for an indicator or a sign, confirmation. God is not stressed by that. If your heart's sincere, 
I thought for a long time it was a lack of faith if you asked for a confirmation and please, no, God's not stressed by it. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait for you until you return. Gideon went aside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour he made a bread without yeast, putting the meat in the basket and his broth in the pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said, take the meat and the unleavened bread and place them on the rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat with the unleavened bread with the tip of his staff that was in his hand, and fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was happened, the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Normally, Jews fearful to see God because they know no one has seen God and lived. But the Lord said to him, Take it down a notch, Gideon. Peace, don't be afraid. Chill, dude. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Bizarites. The same night the Lord said to him, Take the second, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that's seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal. Tear down your father's altar to Baal. Tear down your father's altar to Baal. And cut down the astropole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord, your God on top of the height. Using the wood of the astropole you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. Now Gideon had no problem doing this because he's not corrupted. For him, this altar to Baal or astropole meant nothing to him, unlike his dad. So, so Gideon took ten of his servants, so he said, we're the smallest in our clan. I can't imagine what a big clan looks like when they've got ten servants already to help him. And he did as the Lord told him, but because he was afraid of the family and the townspeople, he did it at nighttime. You see, God's not stressed about Gideon's lack of confidence. It's very clear to me that God didn't come down and pick Gideon because he was a strong, powerful, muscular, good leader, clear, fearless. No, he was untouched, uncorrupted. He was pure. He said, go in the strength you have. It is a strength when you're not compromised with other gods. Well, we wouldn't serve other gods, you say. Well, there are things in our lives that take precedent over the love for the Lord. When we are in a place that things or people or situations become more important to us than the Lord, we see He's no longer first. It is my observation that probably most of you in this room are born again, I'm not sure how many in this room actually have given their lives to the Lord. You say, well, what do you mean, Ed? Well, if, <laughs> while you're making your own decisions, your life's not His. When you give your life to God, everything <clears throat> you do, you consult Him. You want Him to be the Lord and Master of your life, and every decision you make, you consider Him. Now, there are small things that God says, when you say, Lord, should I buy a blue or red car? God says, I don't care, any color doesn't, there's some things that are unimportant to God. But there are many things that are important, especially in relationships. Because throughout your life, you will constantly be tested in relationships and in finance, the rest of your life. People tense up when you talk about money. You came with nothing, you go with nothing. Money is important to God, not the money itself, but our heart towards these things, because they become an idol. They become another God, as does relationships or the tension or the lack of the fear, all those things involved in relationships. God is very focused on how we treat other people. Gotten really quiet in this place. I'm not sure why. 
Yeah. And then build a proper kind of altar. So Gideon took ten of his servants. In the morning, verse 28 says, the people of the town got up. There was Baal's altar demolished with Asherah beside it, cut down the second bull sacrifice on the newly built altar. They, they asked the other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The people of the town demanded of Joash, bring out that boy. He must die because he's broken down Baal's altar. And Joash replied to them, to the hostile crowd, are you going to plead Baal's cause? So there's still some element in his dad that has some incline towards the Lord. But if he had enough incline to God, he wouldn't have built the altar, and he would have been more of an eligible person to help do the battle. God had to find a young boy that didn't know anything, didn't have confidence at all, any level you could imagine, but he was pure-hearted. God is looking in his church, in, his, in this world, for someone that's devoted to him, that'll put him first. Many born-again believers put him first, they get saved and they follow after him, but they don't necessarily continue in that way. Somehow they get distracted. The seed falls in four places. Only one of them produces good fruit. The others seem to be destroyed. The first one by the devil because the hardened heart, and the second one is shallow, and of course the sun just burns it up, and the third one is smothered by the cares of the world, or the thistles and so on, and that's, it just seems the seed wasn't at fault at all. It was the heart or the heart of people. You can receive the word, all get the same word, and my heart is for you that you will love him. Because honestly, I can tell you, nothing else satisfies but loving him. People let you down, make mistakes, but he never fails. You cannot put your expectancy in any person or thing. You put your expectancy in the unchanging God who loves you and is for you. He cares about you. He's a very good God. Let nobody tell you otherwise. The longer you know him, the more amazing you'll find. And as you discover in your journey to know him, how wonderful he is and how, how intensely he loves you. And how little, little importance to him are the things that make you concerned and trouble you and steal your joy. They're so petty to him. What he's really focused on is your heart and how you treat other people. Because people are very important to God. Very important. He gave his only son for each one, no matter how much they look or to you, how strange they look or how they have offended you, he loves them intensely. God doesn't see people the way we see them, through our offenses, through our ignorance, through our immaturity, through our strongholds, weaknesses, whatever's in our life. He sees the heart. He sees much deeper than we do. Gideon was a very uncorrupted young man. And the angel said, or God said, go in the strength that you have. The strength that you have. He says, and I will be with you. If you've got a pure heart and God with you, nothing will stop you. If you're going to get God on your side. And God's looking at the heart. Men look on the outside. I'm looking on the inside. Even Gideon was trying to measure himself on the outside when in fact God saw something on the inside that was pure. And I'm really appealing to you today just to look at your own heart and to keep on adjusting it as you go along in your life that you make sure that he's always first and your first love. Always. Give the Holy Spirit permission to adjust, to correct, to address, to talk to you when things are out of whack and not correct because you will benefit so much with the love of God. There's nothing like it. He's satisfied completely. Gideon 
had struggles. He wasn't strong in the natural. He had to have constant signs. He put a fleece out and to, twice to make sure that he was hearing God correctly. And even then he wasn't confident. He gathers 32,000, I believe it is, soldiers now to fight 100,000 of these foreigners that come to invade their land and steal all they have. And God says, you've got a little too many. Well, <laughs> we're not even half of what they are. You've got to reduce it, and it goes down to 20,000. Yeah, you've still got too many. And we get right down with the whole drinking episode. They get down to 300. 300 against 100,000 people. It seems the odds are really not that good. So many times in our lives we face crises, and it looks like the odds are completely against us. And God loves it. God loves it when you can see all the odds are against you, that you don't think when He does intervene for you that by any chance it was a coincidence or some fortunate little breakthrough that you recognize completely only God could do that. And the oddest way that God convinced and turned his heart to a place of confidence, he lets Gideon go into the camp of the enemy. And he gives the enemy a dream. And they talk, he hears them talking. And he says, I had such a dream last night. Oh, what happened? The one, the one of those... Uh, Malachite said, well, I dreamt that the barley loaf came running down the hill and just crushed my tent. And I said, oh no, that was the army of Gideon. And he interprets it as their destruction. And Gideon hears the enemies talking and fearful, and he's done nothing. He hears, he hears and something inside of him gels with it. He realizes, God's with me. And of course, they line up on the outside of this valley, and they have one fackle in each hand of these 300 soldiers and a horn in the other and they blow the horn and the enemy kills each other as you know the success came because God did that but what I really am trying to reach to you is that his strength that he had was that he was uncorrupted that he had not given a part of his heart away to another God to Baal to serve another one that was convenient because it's the thing to do it's what everyone else does the community and social standards also make such an impact on our lives we do things at schools and in communities because it's, it's required of us or pushed we've pushed and pushed and pushed but I'm here to tell you to always put the Lord first because you go in his strength no matter how odds, the bad the odds look to you you're going in his strength never your own if God is with you as long as you have that heart you're going in your strength, which is the right spirit that you have. I hope I was able to teach you something. I'm watching my time so I can prophesy something wholesome and good to you. I hope you're all ready for prophetic words. Lock the doors that no one leave. <coughs> Thank you, brother. And you need to repent of all your sins. <laughs> God is so kind. He's not yet embarrassed you, hurt you. Prophetic words were never designed in the New Testament church to hurt, only to make you stronger in the Lord. When God corrects you, He doesn't punish he corrects, he adjusts you to love you, but he encourages you. His goodness leads to repentance. He's a good God, and he cares about you more than I could ever tell you. May I start ministering to this couple over there that just drank water now, blonde little lady, and uh, I believe it's her husband or her father, I'm not sure, next to her with a white shirt. She likes that. It's hard to tell with a mask, they all look the same to me. The sir, would you mind standing? I was told I mustn't forget them a stand, right? Would you mind standing? I was instructed. And tell me your name, your blood type, and your bank account number. Peter. 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 And this is your lovely wife? What's your name? Sharona. I don't know that song, sorry. So, Peter, 
<laughs> Do you have children? Do you know how many? How many? Three. And they've grown? And you have grandkids too? Do you have grandchildren? Clankiness. I have ten grandchildren. I used to love having grandkids, and then I became the ATM. And it wasn't so much fun. Yeah, so, anyway, are you a businessman, sir? You sell cars? Because the favor of God is on you, and you've been stretched the last few years. You've been coping, but stretched. I'm here to tell you and announce to you that the Lord is about to bless you beyond your wildest imagination. You can't imagine what God's going to do for you. Now, let me just tell you the truth today. You've done some unwise things. You've done some things out of wrong decision-making, and but you fought the hard fight. But what God looked at and what he recorded in the book of remembrance is your heart, is the kindness and the generosity you gave and the forgiveness because you were betrayed by someone you trusted and you, you were let down, really it was a stab in your heart. And God says, because of all these things, I'm going to bless you. In the, in the, I've set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. They'll have to watch. The biggest <laughs> repercussion for them is to watch them watch you prosper really prosper. Even the bank man is going to be puzzled at how things are going with you, always trying to balance everything all the time. Now it's going to just flood in because the Lord's going to bless you. He's got good plans for you. One of your children, God is turning around in the wrong track they're on, and God's going to bring them back where they belong and get everything going the right way. They've got a good heart, but somehow they got lost along the way, and God's bringing them back. God's bringing them back to the wonderful position they had in the Spirit anyway before. As for you, my sister, you're an amazing woman. You've done such good things for the Lord all your life, and, and there's no, you feel like so much of it's been missed. People don't appreciate you, but nothing is lost. The Lord has seen everything you've done, and He is your rewarder. He's healing something in your body. You need a small adjustment with a little medical help, but it's very small. Don't make a big thing of nothing. God's your helper. God's blessed you, and He's prospered you where you are. The devil tried to move you, chase you out like hounded dogs, and you're still here prospering because God's going to prosper you all that more. The next three years are going to be astonishing. Thank you so much. <clears throat> I asked the pastors to pick someone in the different bleed-off rooms, whatever you call those rooms, where other people sitting today. We have one in the mother's room. We have Charity they picked. Charity is a good name. It's the good name Charity. I know nothing about Charity, whether she's married or not. I'm assuming it's a lady. I'd hate to know, but it's a man called Charity. Yeah. Charity. Uh, you're not finished schooling. I see books and lots of learning in front of you, Charity, and God's blessing upon you to function and do really well. You've made a very good choice lately. You're faced with a, a crossroads and a crisis, and you chose the right thing because of your heart was right. And so God's going to back you, and by the month of November, the first breakthrough will already be on its way. In the family room, we have uh, Mayer. It's a man. And Shingai which is a woman. It's in brackets. They're finally getting it together for me. Thank you. <laughs> Mayor. Mayor, uh, I'm grateful for the journey you've been on, that you've come such a long way that you've actually uh, begun to walk in faith and not where you used to be reactionary. You've been through so many things, Mayor. You have a consciousness about my inspired and dear. And you've done some things wrong yourself, but you're accused of much more than you're actually guilty of. And the Lord is your defense and your shield about you. He's doing some, he's restoring everything to you. He's reconciling many relationships, including rebuilding your family. Shingai, woman, um, 
the time has come to an end where you are. A lot of changes are coming. There's another home, another place. You're frustrated. It's not your job to carry everybody in the family. And so God says, move on. They need a time to find their own feet. They can all depend upon you. God's opening up a new door for you work-wise or accommodation-wise. A whole lot of new doors are opening for you. May the Lord bless you in your journey too. All right, let's keep moving on. I see this couple dressed exactly the same. We wear the same shirts, the same jacket. It's uh, almost like I'm seeing double. I'm assuming you're married. I'm disappointed your masks aren't the same color. So, what's your name, sir, with a with a with a shiny top? Lantla. Wow, you couldn't be called Joe or Pete or Mike. Titus, I like that. Are you are you married to this little lady? Ma'am, are you standing? Okay. What's your name? Hope, what a lovely name. Now, there remains three, but the greatest is love. Okay, just saying. Just saying. How many children do you have? Two. Two children. You, aren't you supposed to have like five or six or seven? They not, seven, some of them. Okay. What do, you, what do you do, sir? I'm a technician. You're a technician here? In the, in the, out somewhere. Which company do you work for? Because there's an anointing on your life. Uh, you, had to, you were at a crossroads in your life where you could have got really bitter and angry, but you chose the way of the Lord. And your wife played a lot of big role in that too, and I'm grateful for that too. Thank you, sister, for doing that. Because now the Lord has been watching you. And you, but that's the thing with you. You're either going to do it all or nothing. And so you're headed in the right direction, and God's training you to use you for His kingdom. And uh, you've had to fight a lot of battles spiritually around you, but it's training your soul to overcome to become the spiritual leader and pastor that God has planned you to be. God has got good things for you in leadership. There's no question. You were given to God, and the devil tried everything he can in your childhood to stop you. I mean, very strange things happened to you to stop you in the ways of God. So here, I'm, here I'm, I am appealing to you, give all you've got to the things of God and watch the angels of the Lord come in on your behalf and fight for you because God is your strength and your shield. Do you understand? God is your strength. At work, you have someone that's really out to get you all the time. The Lord says, do not even pay attention. It's the enemy barking at you, and it's actually going to turn out for your good. It's hard to imagine, but it's going to. As for you, my sister, you really have most, your name is hope, but you have the most childlike faith. You really believe God. He doesn't know when he's sleeping how you wake up and pray. He doesn't know that when you can't pay a bill or when something doesn't work out, you know how to pray and seek God. You've had a serious loss. You've had two kids, but you've had a serious loss in your life. You don't know why God allowed that to happen because you always try to walk right before the Lord. You try to please your dad so hard. Please your dad. But you please your father in heaven. He is so proud of you. You are such a daughter that any father should be proud of. You're an amazing young woman of God. You're a great mom of your own kids. Your kids are very different. The two of them are very different. One's got sport gift. One doesn't care about anything, but they're just very interested, little interesting kids. And um, the Lord says, all that happened in your life is working together for good. You're on the right track. Just keep going. Put God first and watch the glory of God take over in your lives. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. There's a gentleman with a green shirt with a... Uh, short sleeve, he doesn't get cold next to a lady with a sweater on who's uh, looking at me. With a, she's got a purple kind of a mask and a blue hat. You, you guys are so smart. They don't know who I'm talking to. Dudes, that's it. That's it. What's your name, sir? Rhino. Rhino? 
Rainer. Yeah, Rainer. 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 Afrikaans, I guess. Hallelujah. <laughs> What's your name next to him? Yurai. Yulandi? Yurai. J-O-R-E. Lorraine. <laughs> Is he like a throat? Yeah. It's about how you look into words, I don't yeah. feel you want us. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be long, it's not going to be good. So, uh, kidneys? Two. Are you planning a third one? In the future, yes. I'm so sorry to tell you, it's not that future, for, not that far. <laughs> it's coming very close. You're a very good mom. Your kids are going to be such a power. All your kids will be. The two you have now are very busy, and they have a lot of energy, and they, they compete all the time. The third one is the musician, the blessing, the, just an amazing little prophet, and just a wonderful blessing in every way. And uh, you need to be open to because your kids will all be used of God in the most wonderful way. Um, the Lord brought the two of you together in the most unusual way, the way he brought the two of you together. But he sealed the relationship. He sealed your, your bond together to work for God. So you have a very sincere heart. The devil's robbed and beat you up so many times, and you keep going. God loves that you just don't give up. You have it in your heart to have your own business. And I see electronics in your life. I see from the home working with the internet, supernatural blessing on you and open doors that you're not to move out of this country. You'll miss the plans of God if you do. The East will be far more conducive in your life than the West of the world. That's God's blessing. As for you, my sister, God's talk, teaching you to forgive some things in the family. Some things in the family. Is that my cue? It's music. All right, so, but you, you are to forgive your family because there's been strange unfairness in your family. So forgive them so the Lord can bless you. But you're a good teacher. You're an excellent teacher. Very detailed about a lot of things. And everything has to be a certain way. And you're economical. Boy, you can stretch the rand that the that president weeps. But the blessing of God's on you. You've got another house waiting for you, but not yet. It's not time for your house, okay? It's coming. Praise hallelujah. You're making me nervous with the music now. I must hurry. I've got two minutes. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Right at the... How do I describe Two white t-shirts. got a mask on with a blue a lady with a long black hair. A darkish mask in the middle-ish. I'm sorry, guys, to make you work in the middle. Could you stand up, please, the two white t-shirt people, quickly? One. Yeah, it's you guys. Yeah, stand up. Where's your faith? No, the two white t-shirts. Becky. How old are you? I'm 18. Oh, that's why you're not married. That's what it is. Yeah. I confused you. I, but I mean, how do I know? You've got masks on. How do I know? Could be a doctor for all I know. We're a bank robber. And what's your name, young lady, next to him? Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Okay. How old are you? I'm 18. You're both 18. You can be bro you're not brother and sister. And the way you're sitting so close together, I think that you're more than brother and sister. Are you, are you boyfriend, girlfriend? Are you, are you boyfriend, girlfriend? Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're both serving the Lord, right? Yes. Here's the word of the Lord for you. Don't get distracted. God's got plans for you in the church. Don't just come to church because it's the right thing to do. 
Get involved. God wants to use you amongst the youth. The devil's trying to distract you. Both started out really well in the ways of God, and now so much has got your attention, then you've slacked off. I'm asking you to get involved because you're both extremely talented. So you have music and fire in your soul. Use it for God. The devil will try to knock you off and cause you now this, to take away your future and your hope. God's got plans for you. He has great plans for you. Surrender to his plans and you'll see God will bless you. He's doing some things in your family. They don't always understand you. There's always a little bit of fight going on. He's going to bring peace in the house. As long as you keep quiet, God will fight. As for you, my sister, uh, you're going to go to college. It's true. It's God's plan for you to study. You will be a student for a long time and, you need, and medicine is waiting for you. Medicine is waiting for you. You're going to help a lot of people. You're very smart. You're very steady and you care about people. You're brilliant. Go after what God has called you to do. Thank you so much, the two of you. All right. Now, let me just, if I've got two more minutes, please. I was going to say two more things, please. Give me a moment. To, well, I don't know where Jenny went to. I feel nervous. Out of time. <clears throat> I know you've all sung and heard about the blessing, but it popped in my heart till this morning already. Uh, the Hebrew for the original blessing, may the Lord bless you. There are three lines in the blessing and two verbs in each line. And the blessing, it's not translated correctly. It does not say, may the Lord bless you. It doesn't say that at all. It says, it says Yahweh. And Yahweh is a very personalized name of God. It's that, that special to a Jew. May God bless you. It's not, if you said the Lord God, or you'd say Adonai Lachim, you'd say, you'd say the Lord God bless you. But if you don't say that, you say Yahweh bless you. The moment you start, start out, Yahweh bless you, already you're opening up enormous closeness and intensity from between the almighty creator and the people. Yahweh bless you and keep you. The word keep in the Hebrew is like shield or, or, or keep you from COVID and poverty and difficulty. May shield you and cover you. That's what it means. May, may Yahweh God bless you and shield you. The second line is may he may his light and that's such a lot I could teach you about the light of God. When you walk in light, you're safe. When you walk in darkness, you stumble, you make mistakes. When you walk in light, then everything's clear and you guide it carefully. May he make his light to shine upon you and give you, give you grace. Now, the grace is not the grace you understand. That grace is mindful of how pitiful you are and give you grace because he, he's so big and you're so tiny that he, he's patient with you, that he's long-suffering with you. Give you grace and not get impatient with you or mad at you, but give you grace, give you grace. So may he make his light to shine upon you on your way and give you grace. And may he make his face turn towards you. The almighty God look at you and pay you attention and give you shalom, which is more than peace. It's a total state of well-being. So I say may God almighty bless you and keep you. May he make his light to shine upon you and give you grace. May he make his face shine upon you and give you great peace. God bless you. Having me here, God bless you. Wow, family, wasn't that just an absolute blessing? Amen. Can we just give the Lord some praise again for Prophet Ed? Thank you, Lord, for your servant. What a blessing we've had this weekend. I want to say tonight, I really, really believe every single person that has heard this message is not by accident. I believe that this is from the Lord for each one of us tonight. Can I just ask if we just bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? There are many of you, maybe tonight you've heard about the blessing. You've heard about 
Jesus. We even spoke about the fact that, that to become a child of God, we need to receive this gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Father God sent His Son to take away all of our sins, to take away all of our sicknesses, paid the price in full, paid such a heavy price. When we go so quickly through the Scriptures and say, for God so loved the world that He gave Jesus, and He did. But there's something we have to do. We've got to take a step towards Him. We've got to receive this gift of eternal life. And it's so easy to do. And I'm going to help you through a prayer. If you've never done that, tonight is your night. Tonight is the day that God is going to change everything. So in a moment, we're going to pray together. I also want to just find out if there's anybody, perhaps you have thought about these things and you say, I'm just not even sure really if I've got a place in heaven. Well, I'm going to include you in that prayer as well. Or perhaps you just feel tonight, man, I, I want to rededicate my life. I want to stand up again and say, Lord Jesus, I, I really want to rededicate everything to you. Not just say, well, I've done that before, but that I belong to you and I'm living my life for Christ. So I'm going to count to three in a moment. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you want to rededicate your life to God, or you want to be sure that there's a place for you in heaven, I'm simply going to ask you right there where you are just to raise up your, high, your hand real high, whether you're in the other venues, whether you're at home, just raise up your hand because the Lord will know that that's you. One, two, three. Just raise up your hand right now. You receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray with you. Just raise up your hand right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I see hands going up. In the other venue, just raise up your hand real high. If you're at home, the Lord knows. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's such a battle going on in your heart right now because I want you to know the devil will do anything in his power to stop you from raising your hand and from living for Christ. But you just raise that hand up because God died for you. He gave everything. He loves you so much. I'm going to ask everybody just to say this prayer together that we can just make those who've raised their hand just really feel at home. Just say this after me. Father God, thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the price that you paid. I receive you now as my personal Lord and Savior. I live my life for you. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me to forgive all those who have hurt me in Jesus' name. I am now a child of God. I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.